Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hello, and welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. My name is Suzanne Spradley, and I'm here with my colleague, Chase Cannon. We bring things to you that apply to our group health plans. Um, and today we're going to check in on some HIPAA privacy and security settlement and enforcement actions in 2023. We always like to start with uh, level settings. So, Chase, why don't you just um, start out by giving us just a high-level overview of our obligations that are HIPAA privacy and security goals? Yeah, so a uh, tough area and one that's going to impact employers that live in the self-insured space a little bit more than the fully insured plans. Um, we'll talk about that as we go through, but HIPAA privacy and security really do apply to all group health plans, uh, really, but in the fully insured context, that's the carrier usually that's seeing the what we call the PHI, that's protected health information. That's really the sensitive information that we think about when we are talking about even our own personal medical records. You know, PHI is really information that you probably don't want everybody out there seeing. Some people just refer to it as private information. Uh, but PHI is the term that HIPAA gives that information, and that stands for protected health information again. Uh, but that's these rules under HIPAA, privacy and security is all about safeguarding the PHI and um, HIPAA privacy to break privacy versus security. HIPAA privacy is all about what you can and cannot do with PHI. You can use it um, to administer the plan. Um, in other words, sharing it to make sure that benefits and claims are paid and to do anything necessary to operate the plan. So think about claims, payments, you know, information from the provider to the plan. You got to be able to see those details in order to pay claims. But you cannot take that PHI and sell it or otherwise divulge it to individuals who don't need to know the information. So that's really HIPAA privacy is all about what you can and can't do. HIPAA security is all about the tech world, um, which is putting necessary safeguards to ensure PHI in electronic form, uh, which it almost always in that form today, and it's going to be protected in that form. So HIPAA security relates to things like password protection, encryption, dual authentication, policies on taking laptops to and from work. In the old days, when everything was on paper, we, we thought of security as the lock to the filing cabinet, the key to the door of an HR benefit administrator's office, keeping all those files locked down physically. In, in our day, this is really the same idea, but we're living on computers. And so locking down the computers and emails and data, databases to ensure no one can get in and view that information that's not supposed to. For fully insured versus self-insured, in the fully insured plan context, the carrier is the one seeing the sensitive information. So they have the primary obligation to safeguard it. And that's why we kind of say for fully insured employers, a little less to do here, but still some good lessons we're going to talk about either way. For self-funded plans though, or self-insured plans, this, this obligation under HIPAA privacy and security, that resides at the employer level since the employer usually has access to claims and other sensitive information they're seeing a lot more. So if you're a self-insured employer, you'll need to develop and implement privacy and security policies and procedures. You'll need to run a risk assessment to see where any leaks in the system might be. Uh, those are places where sensitive information might get out. You'll need to have a training program 
uh, regarding HIPAA obligations for those employees that are handling or could potentially handle PHI. And you'll need to have business associate agreements or BAAs in place with any vendors or TPAs that are helping administer the plan. And then lastly, there's a, a notice of privacy practices uh, that you'll have to distribute. And that basically lets employees know what you can and can't do with their sensitive information. Yeah. And one note on that uh, HIPAA risk assessment, I want to just really point that out because that's one area that generally when they're doing some audits that many plans lack in doing. And um, that's really identifying where all of that uh, PHI lives in your systems. And then, the, of course, the controls that you have for protecting that. So those risk assessments are very important to do. So just don't forget um, doing those and not only identifying where you may have weaknesses, but then mitigating, you know, those risks as well. So it, let's move on now. But um, before we jump into talking about the different settlements, tell us about just the enforcement arm for HIPAA, which regulatory agency is enforcing HIPAA. Yeah, so you'll hear this acronym OCR, and that stands for the Office of Civil Rights. Uh, they are generally in charge of enforcing HIPAA, and OCR is a sub-regulatory agency within the Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS, another three-letter acronym. We have all sorts of acronyms in the benefits world, uh, but HHS is where OCR resides. So when we reference OCR, we're really just saying HHS or the federal government, if you want to speak more broadly. But OCR enforces federal civil rights laws, um, conscious religious freedom laws, uh, and then the uh, HIPAA privacy, security, and breach notification rules. But they do a couple other things, but their their kind of goal is to protect our fundamental rights of non-discrimination, conscience, religious freedom, and health information privacy. So really, they're the office with the official authority to investigate potential violations of HIPAA and to enforce HIPAA where things have gone wrong. They have a page that we're pulling some of this information, these settlements from um, on their website. And again, this is where they kind of come to their conclusion and then they post it on this page. And so we sometimes refer to this as the uh, wall of shame for HIPAA violations. Uh, but it has a lot of good information. A lot of good information. Then we'll talk about sort of the lessons. And, and one quick note, most of these settlements, um, because HIPAA's a little bit bigger, more impactful in the provider space, you know, doctor's offices, hospitals, dental offices, these type of places. Um, most of the settlements that we're pulling from relate to providers, but I think the lessons that we're going to glean from them uh, generally apply to employers that are sponsoring plans as well. Well, and I think it's important to note that in their last audit, they were really reaching into the BAA world. So they were looking into subcontractors, they were looking into health plans much more so than they have in the past. And, and they're focused on providers. So um, with health plans, it is certainly an area of target for their audits. But let's jump on into the first settlement. Take us through it. Yeah. Okay. For this one, we're going to head to the Northwest, uh, Washington State. And going back a few years, even though the settlement occurred recently in 2023, uh, in May 2018, OCR initiated an investigation of Yakima Valley Memorial Hospital uh, following the receipt of a breach notification report. Again, when you have a breach, you sometimes are mandated to report this. And so uh, lots of times these come in through self-reports. Uh, the breach notification report stated that 23 security guards working in the hospital's emergency department used their login credentials to access patient medical records maintained in the hospital's electronic medical record system without a job-related purpose. So again, think about who needs to have access to this information. 
Um, maybe if these people were processing claims and helping on the administrative side, they would be okay to see this information. Unfortunately, these are just security guards. And so, no, they didn't have this job-related purpose to have that access. The information accessed included names, dates of birth, medical record numbers, addresses, certain notes related to treatment, and inf insurance information. So you can see this is the type of PHI when we're saying that term. Now you're getting some specific details of what we're talking about, right? And I don't, I don't think any of us would want that type of information just in the hands of random people that don't need to see it. Um, this is what OCR had to say. I love their quotes on, the, on their website and their settlements. I think it provides some pretty good insight into what they're thinking and what they value, right? And, and again, how, how can we get, how, how can an employer or plan get into trouble? This is what they had to say. Data breaches caused by current and former workforce members impermissibly accessing patient records are a recurring issue across the healthcare industry. Healthcare organizations uh, must ensure that workforce members can only access the patient information needed to do their jobs. HIPAA-covered entities must have robust policies and procedures in place to ensure patient health information is protected from identity theft and fraud. And so, you know, really focusing on access, making sure you take care of and make sure only the employees that need to see it are seeing it. So the company had to pay a $240,000 penalty here. They also had to implement uh, a plan to update their policies and procedures to safeguard protected health information and to train its workforce members to prevent this type of snooping. And I use that word, that was directly off the website, this kind of snooping <laughs> behavior in the future. Uh, so eliminate the snooping. Uh, but those are the, really the takeaways for the employers here. Um, again, this was in the hospital context, but the, the lessons for employers are, are, are the same. Make sure you have processes in place to verify access to certain areas of the office or internal systems. Uh, HIPAA info is on a need-to-know basis, and so only those that need to see it can see it. Um, as an employer, you need to account for that. Limit access, make sure policies are followed. And the one I like to highlight is in, including offboarding terminated employees. We saw mm -hmm. prior HIPAA settlement where somebody just walked back into the workplace with their access that was never um, taken away and just logged into the system and stole a bunch of information. So limiting their access to systems and office once they're no longer employees is important as well. Yeah. And I think that's, again, where that risk assessment can come in when you identify where that PHI is and the, and the controls surrounding it is so important. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to the next settlement. Yes. Okay. So this one, um, OCR opened an investigation in response to a complaint by a patient. This one came direct from the patient alleging that uh, a Manassa Health Center posted a response to the patient's negative online review that included specific information regarding the individual's diagnosis and treatment of their mental health condition. And so, um, in addition to the patient who filed the complaint. OCR's investigation found that this health center impermissibly disclosed the protected health information or PHI of three other patients in responding to their negative online reviews. Interesting. So um, they also found that they that this health center failed to implement any type of policy or procedure for HIPAA privacy, which is, again, surprising in the provider space, right? You think that that would be very much at the top of their um, to-do list. Um, but just this idea of like leaving a Yelp review or a Yahoo review. And again, for a hospital, you might be getting more into those claims and, and those type of personal information. Um, 
but plenty of takeaways here for employers. But first, this is what OCR had to say here, the quote, OCR continues to receive complaints about healthcare providers. And again, I would insert employers there too with their group health plans, disclosing their patients PHI on social media or on the internet in response to negative reviews. Simply put, this is not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clear. Right. Um, they go on to say the HIPAA privacy rule expressly protects patients from this type of activity, which is a clear violation of both patient trust and the law. Um, so this one resulted in a $30,000 penalty. So a little smaller dollar amount, uh, but the, the, the um, health center also had to implement a correction plan to develop and maintain written policies and procedures and to train all members of their workforce on those policies and procedures. And again, you think about somebody in a different role, somebody who maybe is in charge of marketing and out there trying to help stave off some of these negative reviews might not have, you know, the wherewithal to understand the HIPAA obligations here. Um, so training is a, is a key part. Um, I know our audience is, is not full of providers, but for employers, again, the social media reminder can relate to employee leaves of absence or other terminations that might occur. You might get an employee who's out on LinkedIn or Instagram where the employee is willing to share their experience and um, the employer might be tempted to post something to uh, somewhere to defend itself or to give its side of the story. Uh, but don't be using personal information in those posts and, and certainly don't share uh, details relating to the leave, the medical condition, et cetera. I also wanted to highlight that this particular settlement related to mental health. Mental health is medical information. Um, and we've seen this trend of mental health awareness across the country, across the law, uh, with Mental Health Parity Act and recent guidance on that. That's a great thing. But just remember that in all ways, uh, mental health conditions should be treated the same as a traditional medical condition. Very good reminder. Well, in the interest of time, let's move on to the third settlement. Yeah. So this one is a good reminder to include your IT and tech teams in the HIPAA discussion You've just been highlighting, Suzanne, the, um, the health risk assessment, which is very heavy on tech questions, computer-related questions, software-related questions. So um, we wanted to highlight the importance of involving IT and tech teams, and this settlement really helps us with that. In July 2018, OCR initiated an investigation of MedEvolve following the receipt of a breach notification report stating that their server... Uh, containing electronic PHI was openly accessible to the internet. Um, and the information there included patient names, billing addresses, telephone numbers, primary health insurer and doctor's office account numbers, and in some cases, social security numbers. Um, so again, we're looking at the type of information there um, that we're think we're talking about with PHI. Remember that when it's PHI, it needs to be one of those pieces of information connected. It's, a, it's basically a health piece of information connected to a personally identifiable piece of information. So um, going off track a little bit here, but when we say if this were just social security numbers and, and that's all, no health information associated with it, it wouldn't rise to the level of PHI under HIPAA. It would still be a privacy challenge, right? And there's other laws that would come into play there. Uh, but important to remember that PHI includes personally uh, identifiable health information. And uh, I will add that health information could be just enrollment and health plan. So it doesn't have to be a specific right. medical condition. It could be simply enrollment in a health plan. Right. Yep. 
So on that note, the settlement here uh, concludes uh, the, the the basic OCR's investigation of that data breach. The server contained the PHI of uh, 230,000, a little bit over 230,000 individuals. And again, that was information was left unsecured, accessible on the internet. So the HIPAA violations in this case include the lack of an analysis. Again, you've, you've highlighted that to determine risks and vulnerabilities to electronic PHI across the organization. And then the second, the failure to enter into a BAA with a subcontractor. So uh, again, highlighting that importance of the BAAs when you have subcontractors or vendors working with the plan. Um, HIPAA, as we know, and we've described, it requires covered entities and their business associates um, to enter into those contracts. And that contract is meant to document document the permissible uses and disclosures of PHI, the appropriate safeguards that are implemented, and that the covered entity will be notified of any breaches. That's again, what is it that, that's trying to describe what a BAA is. This one involved a $350,000 uh, penalty, and then uh, Med Evolved, the company agreed to implement a corrective action plan and uh, take, taking steps to resolve those violations. So um, OCR had this to say, OCR investigates every report we receive of breaches of unsecured PHI affecting 500 or more people. And interestingly, hacking and IT incidents were the most frequent type of large breach that was reported to OCR in 2022. They said that was close to 80% of uh, large breaches that were reported re so related to these hacking or IT incidents. So really, again, it's critical that HIPAA covered entities, in this case, we're talking about you know, employers with their group health plans and their business associates improve efforts to identify, deter, protect against, detect, and respond to cybersecurity threats malicious actors, but even at the basic level, just figuring out what are your servers doing and who has access to them. So again, the lessons here, get your IT and tech teams involved to do your best to protect against this type of failure. Run those, those risk assessments to find the leaks before somebody else finds them. Um, those are just huge takeaways for any employer that that's, uh, might be seeing this type of protected health information. Well, and I will add, you're talking about servers, but even at the most basic level, you can have PHI living on your laptop and it could be an attachment to an email. You take that uh, laptop with you home, you leave it in your car, it gets stolen. If you haven't done encryption, which is a very basic security tool, um, then you will be um, in a world of trouble and, and needing to do notifications. And so encryption alone helps with um, mitigating some of those net notifications that are required. So just remember, it really goes... Uh, take care of the basics first um, and then certainly involve your IT teams. But thank you for all those reminders. They are always important to keep, um, you know, the forefront and uh, just remind our plans to to wrap everything up in terms of uh, the basics with HIPAA. Yeah, that's right. And thanks for the, those simple reminders with laptops. All of that comes back to policies and procedures that you want to have in place. Um, but we have covered other settlements with the, just the basic, what you just described, uh, an employee taking a laptop and having it go missing. Like that's just so, it seems so, uh, such an easy way to get into tr to trouble. So great reminders. Um, yeah, always a challenge with HIPAA, but hopefully this helps shed some light on what uh, OCR is looking for and some practical takeaways for, em for employers as they try to do their best to comply with the HIPAA rules here. All right, thank you for joining as we like to say. 
that's a wrap. That's a wrap. 